got y'all. I said at the last of the ep- the, the the end of the last episode that <laughs> we were going to do another episode of Avatar. And what's that? You talk? No, no, no. We're talking like about Charlie Brown Disney movie. We <laughs> we took that football right out from your. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Lucy taking the and, yeah. And Snoopy came along and something. You're listening to a new lens. <laughs> I'm Calvin. Uh, Gary and I started this podcast to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. So uh, we've been talking about this one. This has been on the list for a while. Like since we started deciding we would branch out as well to movies and stuff like I don't know why, but it just, like, sticks out in my memory, and I have not seen it since I was, like, eight, maybe? For me, it's similar to Osmosis Jones, where when I say the name out loud, something happens to me, you know? Yeah, I'm like, wait, did I... Oh, I must have owned that, or I must have watched that on a few sleepovers as, like, a child. I don't know for sure... But then, like you said, when we looked up, you looked up the trailer and mm. you sent to me, all you said was, okay, there's a moment in the trailer of dogs on uh, beach chairs <laughs> and instantly a bell started ringing. And you sending me that text made yeah. the bell ring. So I went into it. You know what this movie did with their advertising? They pulled a kangaroo jack. Which is oh. another one we might have to watch for this podcast. Yeah. And that is, they advertised the movie as like, uh, hey, there are dogs in this movie that are silly. And like, right. oh, maybe they talk. Yeah. But then the movie is not that. Yeah. And there's like a sequence where stuff like that happens in it. Right. Like Kangaroo Jack, like the trailer shows like a kangaroo rapping. And yeah, that's right. just a dream sequence in that movie. And the yeah. rest of the movie is like a heist movie or something. That's like, okay, I don't know. Right. So this movie uh, is like that. Except instead of being a bad movie using its humor and its trailers to get people to go see it. This movie was surprisingly for me and for you, I yeah. think. Yeah. Really good. It, I like this. good. I liked it a what lot. What the fuck? And it's got terrible reviews. It really like, does. Uh, we haven't officially introduced it. I'm sure you know from the title of the episode, oh, but we're shit. talking yeah, about rambled about it. <laughs> 2002's Snow Dogs. Uh, Snow Dogs. This movie, like when I see Cuba Gooding Jr.'s face, <laughs> is this like it's it's Ted from this movie? Like a hundred percent, he is Snow yeah. Dogs guy to me. Even though, like, I've yeah. seen him in other things, and he's really good. The man played his own interpretation of O.J. Simpson so well yeah. that I was afraid of him just seeing his face and, like, feeling, like, uncomfortable. But still, that whole time I was watching that show, I was like, okay, is he about to jump on a sled? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um one of my favorite performances of his ever but still oh you just can't shake something like this it's snow dogs um anyway (laughs) well we're gonna be breaking down sort of the writing and directing the acting and then the production of it and we might you know bip and bop around uh in those categories uh as the conversation goes but first i'm gonna recap the movie for you uh people who probably have not gone back and watched this before listening 
Our story centers around Ted Brooks, played by Cuba Gooding Jr., who is a like insanely successful dentist in Miami. Uh, we see his business is helped out by his mother, played by uh, Nichelle Nichols, and uh, his. I wasn't quite sure what the, I thought he was like his employee slash like good friend, but the character's name is Rupert Brooks. So is this his younger brother? I think it's a cousin because a cousin. They would say that, right? Right. They wouldn't never they, wouldn't they address said like, like yeah. little brother or yeah like. His mom never referred to that uh, that guy as her son, too. So right, I was yeah. looking for that. So I like to think that this is like a like big family business. And he's yeah, like sure. employed as nephew slash his cousin. His cousin or something like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but uh, we also meet him, Rupert, played by uh, Cisco, <laughs> a musician. Big, uh, we'll, we'll get into that later, though. Um, and one day at his uh, dentistry, he gets word that he is getting an inheritance. And this is how he finds out from his mother that he is adopted, uh, which kind of he never knew. He's like early 30s, I'd say, successful dentist and he never knew this. So uh, it strikes him pretty immensely. And he decides to travel out to the middle of nowhere town in Alaska called Tolketna, which is a fictional town. Uh, but they didn't do a good job of hiding which town they were uh, basing it off of. Because it's it's called Tolketna. And there is a town near Denali National Park in Alaska called Talkeetna. <laughs> they just like change the vowel sounds a little bit um but i don't know maybe there's legal stuff behind that but he he travels there for this ceremony uh distributing the will and it's taking place in a local bar and here in the bar he meets a bunch of characters uh from this little town including barb who is the bartender at the town who knew his mother very well uh played by uh joanna bacalso and Thunder Jack, who is this intimidating, like, old, mysterious, uh, dog sledding kind of The star best way to the describe town. the guy is when he walks in the bar, everyone goes silent. Yeah. That's all like, you need to say. It's that sort it's of. It's that guy. That's that, it's that guy. Uh, <laughs> and I love when he gets, he gets his, like, inheritance thing, which is. Uh, I leave to Thunder Jack my outhouse and all of its contents, and everybody like stops and looks at him, and then he goes, <laughs> and then everybody starts laughing, and then as soon as he totally. stops laughing, everybody stops laughing. Everyone stops. It's that classic I love shtick, that. you know. Um, so uh, Ted gets his inheritance, which is uh the home, the cabin that his mother lived in, and he goes up and uh. Also learns about the upcoming, at the bar, he learns about the upcoming dog sledding race in a couple weeks. So he goes to this house to try and scope things out. And he discovers there's seven dog sledding dogs there as well that are part of his inheritance that he owns these dogs now. They all sort of have their own little personality, which I love. But the main two that are, you know, sort of in the plot are this border collie who is not really in the sledding like scene named nana and this like intimidating head husky named demon who's like a very seemingly mean dog well uh ted learns eventually while he's staying there for a little while that thunder jack is his father he goes and has this scene at the 
uh, ice house that he's sort of staying at. And there's this confrontation where basically Thunderjack just wants to buy the dogs from him. And uh, Ted decides after that conversation to stay and try and learn more from Thunderjack about his past and where he came from and everything. But also probably like subconsciously to prove himself. He starts uh, trying to train these dogs and learn dog sledding. Uh, and while he's doing that, he has an accident. He's separated from the dogs. He's attacked by a grizzly bear. He falls down a cliff. He lands on a lake and, like, escapes off of this ice cracking in the lake, which a lake in Alaska at this time of winter like this would not have ice that thin. But, you know, it's 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 shenanigans. Uh, but he, trying to walk back, falls unconscious. He wakes up in this cave. He's been saved by Thunder Jack, his father, and they make an agreement that... I'll give you the dogs if you tell me about my past. And basically, uh, he says, Thunderjack says, we were both dog sledders. We were on this five-day race. This year's version is coming up soon. Uh, and we both were basically just stuck in this cave. And that's how you were conceived. And then I never <laughs> saw her again, is what he tells Ted. So Ted gives up the dogs. He goes back home to Miami. Um, but he's a little bit changed. He's watching the race as it starts coming on. on his the house is like got the AC on. <laughs> yeah, he's got the AC on. His mother comes in and she's like, it's freezing in here. And he's wearing I a, love that little detail. a sweater. <laughs> and uh, she looks at this picture that he found from uh, the cabin of his mother. And she accidentally drops it. And there's a picture of his mother with young Thunder Jack and him. And he's like, he fucking lied to me. So uh, Ted... Gets on a plane, he goes, uh, starts flying back out, and meanwhile, the race has started, and Thunder Jack decides, because he's getting older, and this is probably his last race, and he wants to give them something to talk about, he decides to race out into this growing storm, and he gets lost. So when Ted comes to confront Thunder Jack, they all say that uh, he's been lost out in the storm, everyone else has finished the race, and Ted goes out. And uh, he finds him in this cave that Thunder Jack brought him to, and they have a sort of coming together finally, and uh, they get back home, and everybody's happy, and everybody has romances blossoming, and uh, uh, and then the final beat of the show or uh, of the the movie is. <laughs> his cousin Rupert has taken over the business down in Miami and he takes over uh Ted starts a business a dentistry business up in this Alaskan town and uh that's a slightly more detailed uh recap just because I think there's probably a lot of people who are interested in hearing about the movie but don't Dude, remember yeah, it very and explicitly it's so. a movie that you forget the main plot like when I went into it I was like is this a movie where does Cuba Gooding Jr. like enter a dog sled race? I feel like he races, right? right? Or yeah. uh, is this because um, of the trailer showing us like the dogs sitting on uh, beach chairs? I'm like, does he right. bring the dogs back to Miami for right. a while? Yeah. Like, I can't remember. So it's good to have a recap to be like, oh, it's a straight up like movie about like adoption, ado and... an adopted kid coming to terms with like his lineage and uh there's so much but and like, it is a good movie yeah. like i was so surprised that it tried to be a good movie before it tried to be just like 
merchandise, you know? Like yeah. something that kids would easily be like, <laughs> dogs are talking. I'm going to see this. <laughs> like, right. no, I totally. feel like the ads did that. Like yeah. the ads definitely, like Kangaroo Jack, as I mentioned, were like, kids will see this because a dog winks. Right. But <laughs> I feel like they were trying to make it like a, a good family movie before they yeah. uh, went that route. That's really what it is. At the end, like thinking about this movie... It's just a good family movie. It's goofy and sort of like elevated for kids. But I also... think every uh, everyone involved was aware of that too. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into actors later, but you know, for now, talking about like the writing and pre-production of it. Yeah, the sets, the costumes, the colors, the like. It's very much uh, just like. It's not like overly bright and vibrant, but it's very, it feels like everything feels kind of like a set, but still lived in. Like, I don't mean, uh, like, I just recently watched Hook, and the sets in that movie are very much like this was supposed to be a movie musical. Do you know what I mean? Like, Like, you could see them setting it up on a stage, and that's not where this movie goes, but it has this feeling of like, like, I've never been in a bar like that, but every movie bar needs to be like that. I've <laughs> right, never yeah, been no, in a Miami apartment, but they they all need to be like that. Like, right. everything. Like, his dentist office, the sign on it, the, the picture yep. of him on the bus. Like, it's all movie universe version of stuff that we sure. are very, uh, very, like, but also recognized. There is mixed in there, like, a lot of beautiful like on-site nature oh my god they they (laughs) yeah that's why i texted you wondering uh if you could find out if it was on site because so many of those wides are like wait a second that's not a green screen yep it's shot uh in canmore alberta in canada which is right near banff national park which is like okay yep (laughs) that makes sense those mountains are yep uh so yeah and there's actually a lot of stuff that is either very well done green screen sort of stuff or that is that it looks quite on location you know dude speaking almost all of the outside stuff yeah and speaking on that well done green screen stuff there are a couple moments that are well done visual effects in this movie which i was super super surprised by being that it was a like a kids movie family movie like mm-hmm. when we watched uh osmosis jones some yep. of those live action segments had visual effects or like stunts in them and you know it was obvious it's like oh that's a stunt guy or like yep. oh that's a wig or oh that was like dubbed audio this had like a lot of stuff like that too but it was a lot like more organic it like felt real like yeah. some of the scenes of uh some of the bobsledding scenes were like or not bobsledding uh some of the uh <laughs> dog sledding <laughs> Dog sledding scenes were like, wait, is that dude actually being dragged by dogs, like, on this, like, huge, like, field or, like, lake or something? Like, you know what I mean? And it's cool. It's cool. Like a shot from above and you see the dogs race by and then the sled and then him being dragged by it. Like, that shot is what I'm thinking But, like, yeah. Um, Someone did that. Someone got pulled, you know? Right. But... Starting with sort of the writing and directing of this, I think it will surprise no one that, uh, well, it it was a team of writers. Most of the people don't look like they've done a whole lot before or since this movie. 
the first person listed, which I'm guessing also by his uh, more extensive resume, his name is Jim Kauf, and he his most successful things are National Treasure and Rush Hour. Uh, he also did the, the TV series Grimm and movie Taxi is like one of his like wow. known for things. So like he's done a lot and uh, he's successful. He's a, he's a pretty successful guy. But a lot of his stuff are sort of, you know, like it's a movie, you know, like sort of totally. cornball as and that coincides with the director, Brian Levant, who. His most famous uh, movies that he's directed are Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Are We There Yet with Ice Cube. Oh, my God. You know, these Okay, wait. Those are two that might need to get added to our list. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I've seen Jingle All the Way, but I definitely saw Are Are We We There There Yet Yet is one Um, of those that I had, like, a broken DVD case somewhere in a drawer. Yep. Um, But this is a guy who has made a career of handling you know those sort of kind of cheesy movies but like you know taking a star and putting them in a comedy circumstance like both of those movies you know and honestly now thinking about those movies and this might be a little bit of a reach but i think if i remember correctly jingle all the way i haven't seen in a long time yeah but i have seen are we there yet a few times in my youth that movie in particular is similar to uh, Snow Dogs in being a movie with like a lot of heartwarming, uh, like yeah, oh, wow, content behind the comedy. Yep. Because I'm pretty sure it's similar to Snow Dogs, a movie about family, like about a father or a man trying to like become a father to to kids. Right. Like, yeah. isn't that kind of what Are We There Yet is about? Where this is, I think so. Yeah. A kid trying to uh get like get in touch with the father figure and right i don't know like handling funny while also mixing in the emotions i'm sure isn't easy for uh a children's movie director to just like go for yeah and it seems like this guy kind of does that right which i appreciate you know it's also i should mention <laughs> an interesting i don't know if i've seen this uh in like professional I, I don't know if I've seen this specific wording, but I don't know if you noticed as the credits were rolling, suggested by the book by yes. Gary Paulson. <laughs> I did see suggested, that. And like, I've read some reviews that that reference the book being like, what the fuck? The book is way better. And I'm yeah. like, obviously someone read that book and was like Oh, sled dogs are cool, and yeah. then just that's it. Made a movie out, out of yeah. sort of the concept. So I don't because Gary Paulson books are very different than the oh, vibe that yeah. this movie brings. Yeah, <laughs> which we read. I don't know if you read in school, um, Hatchet or yep. The River or like yep. yeah. So like you know, they're very much survival books for for youth though like i remember being young reading that and being like this is cool he's surviving in the woods right but like i don't know i think that it's cool that they gave a credit where they probably didn't even need to cuz yeah. i doubt the plot has uh too many similar maybe it's very similar and i'm not realizing it but it just does not feel like the plot of a gary paulson book it really doesn't like yeah. 10% of it does you know i wonder how many people were like really bummed out or turned away by that you know what i mean because yeah 
and this is something we haven't quite touched on yet. The reviews for this movie are so bad. They're People fucking terrible, hate man. This movie. It's got like twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. I feel I, kind I of bad astounded. swearing when we talk about movies like this because I'm like, I wonder if a little kid is watching. But no, I'm no. They're <laughs> fucking bad, man, and it's not okay. Metascore uh, twenty nine. Like it doesn't. I'm so confused because there's, I don't know what like the comedy. Sure, it's of a brand. Like the and writing some of the, of the comedy, stuff but in it is dated. Yeah, but these reviews aren't recent. They're from when it came out. Right. Honestly, so when the... this came out, why wasn't it more successful? I don't understand. I also want to talk about. I, I think this is an opportunity. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because I think there's a lot to talk about in this movie other than it. But like, sort of through the new social lens that we've uh, tried to, you know, adapt and add into how we look at things, of like. You know, who is in this movie and how are things being referred to? You say, like, there are some dated things, but honestly, the only, like, dated joke... There's could, one dated there's thing. There's one, and it's the use of the word Eskimo. The word, yeah. Yeah. 100%. And it's used in the movie confidently because at the time... Right. The people making it obviously had no idea that they were in the wrong. Right. And I'm not giving them an excuse by saying that oh, or no. anyone... We learn, and that's why we don't do shit like that anymore. Yeah, but it's uh, it was a little bit like huh, when they, I don't right. know why that's some words when I was like a little kid, I would use like freaking I don't even know the, a good like slogan for it, but just that's the word I would use too. Yeah, and now when I hear it, it kind of makes me feel weird. Oh yeah, you know? it made me cringe for sure. Me too. But and... it didn't it didn't feel like the the joke was because the moment we're talking about is when he finds out he's adopted and that his parents are from Alaska. He has this like dream. There are two dream sequences in this movie, and this first one's pretty terrifying, but also not in a way that like I feel like would genuinely scare kids it just to me was the, like cuba gooding jr's head good. on a baby's they were body too good and it was that's why. well done but like too good. <laughs> and he wakes up suddenly and and says oh my god i'm an eskimo and yeah it doesn't feel like he's like it doesn't mad feel like about he's, yeah he's not mad about being that he's not mad he's just like oh my god i'm like Realizing who a lives part of in myself the, yeah. I hadn't before, and and they and it doesn't feel like him, a slur in the moment, you know. No, because I think in the way that they handle it in the movie too is like they're showing us that he's ignorant to what his his uh family and like the people from like where he was born actually do on a day to day to day basis. Right. Like he's ignorant, and this is showing yeah. like you know him thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm I was born in alaska to him this is what that means right and we get a whole movie for him to redeem that thought process you know yeah. what i mean um uh, and i think they do that well and so i also want to bring up now that we've pointed out that one sort of moment that made me go how really awesome the inclusion of diversity in this movie is like yeah like just the fact that the plot i've been thinking about the art i want to create and i think um I respect people that really make statement films or statement books or things like that that really want to delve into the hard topics. And I feel like what I want to push forward as part of the movement is normalizing, you know, 
different people being involved in stories without them only being talked about in the context of like their struggles and stuff like that. So the fact that this story is about a a successful black dentist in Miami going to Alaska and trying to find and like that he it is not brought up really at all other than like where is there another black person who lives in the in in this town and like that doesn't Dude, feel yeah, problematic it's thinking just like, like it's a city person this... out of out of place in a rural like that is where the comedy is coming from you know what i mean yeah so much of the script felt uh more modern modern being like more uh less problematic than you would think yeah. like he uh there are a lot of jokes about like race like about him i forget the specific joke that made me laugh where he was talking to his mom and he like realized his dad is white and then she's like well that's why you like michael bolton <laughs> yeah and then michael that bolton appears later really in the movie hard and it didn't feel like weird at all it just felt realized like a good joke yeah you know? and yeah i don't know there's there's a lot of that throughout there's also like a ton of indigenous actors in this uh i'm not sure like what her heritage is but um uh what's her name uh joanna bacalso who plays barb sort of the love interest is seemingly indigenous to my eyes i mean i don't know and who cares but she's clearly not white and like the fact that that's not really addressed and that there is indigenous community up north yeah, there that's... and that that's what i would assume she's a part of um I just think that's so cool and it's not addressed in the movie. It's just like, this is a person who is that and they're a, a character, you know? And then yeah, also, and I don't know if you noticed this. I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm really no, no, harping on it. this. I don't know if you noticed this, but there was like an old indigenous elder playing chess in the back of the shop with a little person. They're just people in this town, you know what I mean? And there's one uh, moment where they talk about their town having like, uh, I forget what they said, like a gang of misfits. They use a word like that oh, and really? they show us, they say something like our town filled with every kind of person you can imagine. And like, nobody's looked down upon, even if you're a weirdo. And then they like pan over to that, those two guys. Oh, There's yeah. like the guys with like red the spiked hair. Dudes who are yeah. So and they're 90s? like punk band nineties yeah. guys. Yeah. Like I, I loved that. Those guys were just like, members of this town right because in most movies like this they would be the joke of a town like this like oh city boys with their punk music but like no that's not why yeah cuba gooding from the city coming here is odd not because he looks like a city boy but because he's never lived here he doesn't right. know he's never even what been it's like, like to this. have the conditions of alaska right uh yeah no it, it was shit like that was handled so well i will say i think uh there probably is, um, in movies like this, movies about Alaska and movies about um, indigenous people from that area probably has underrepresented, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, there probably aren't enough actors yeah. f actually from, and you're probably you know, right, yeah, from that uh, like area that are being utilized for roles like this. Um, but this is like what year was this movie made in and still like we're, yeah. and we're both like able to like recognize the fact that they are trying. I just hope movies now can look back at movies like this and be like, oh, 
we can try too because there are so many more actors now than there ever have been there's just no excuse especially when you see a movie like this that tries and pretty much succeeds from 2002 yeah there's just (laughs) no excuse you know I do want to also address that, like, yep, still, you know, written and directed and produced by a bunch of older white men. Like, yeah, this is luck. Yeah. I think a lot of luck that made this movie and hopefully input from the cast. Maybe often yeah. you find out movies uh, that have really, really good, natural sounding dialogue had some input from the cast. Right. Like. Because a lot of di- dialogue is so hard to write naturally. And this movie, I think, is even harder to do that for. Because it's, like we said earlier, kind of elevated in yeah. that family-friendly, like... Yep. The dialogue needs to be a little goofy, a little fun, but yeah. still, like, teach you a message. Right. And, um, yeah, they lo- they I think there was some luck involved with how much this movie engaged me and like pulled at my heartstrings and made me laugh I naturally up like, a few times man me too man that last scene where thunder jack is saying like he finally is opening up and saying like she would have been proud of you i know i'm proud of you it's like yeah dude. man i was Whoa. i was almost in tears like me too it was it was good i don't and like all of the stuff around the adoption really I feel like succeeded, you know, they, they managed to handle that with care in a movie where Cuba Gooding Jr. is like probably being 20 different times story. going, you know, like, yeah. and then five minutes later, he's like seeing a picture of his mom and he holds his finger out to the picture and like oh, touches man, it. I and I was like, oh my so God. Hard. Yeah. Uh, or like, Okay, since we're talking about the writing yeah. moments throughout this movie that were called back. Yeah. Moments that were like that's a thing and then it was like repeated but in a oh, such satisfying ways. For instance, I'll name a few. Mm-hmm. The neck crack. Yeah. Loved that. Yep. Referencing him liking blue cheese. Boom. I did like I did like that. Although I will say, sugar cookies with blue cheese baked into them is maybe the grossest thing I could possibly imagine. So I think that's specific to the dream, right? <laughs> yeah, like, he has a dream sequence when he falls unconscious after all that shit he goes that through. Michael Bolton is in. Yeah. Michael Bolton's like, "Hey, can I have a sugar cookie?" <laughs> yeah, not sugar cookie, blue cheese cookie, blue cheese that's cookie. Gross. That's right. Yeah. That's disgusting. And that also, um, uh, for viewers, is the scene where the dogs are in the beach chair. He's hallucinating and having a dream, and they talk to him. So the dogs don't talk in this movie. They sort of wink at each other and, like, have attitudes. But Which I think I was going to talk about later, but since we're already talking about it, yeah. some of that stuff, I wonder if it was just added later. Like, after uh, screening, not enough laughs, let's add some winks. Let's sure. add, like, a like a little uh, eyebrow raise. Because yeah, right. You know what I mean? There's not enough of it for me to go, oh, so these dogs emote. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like yeah. a couple moments. Yep. But back to the callback moments, it's like rich throughout this movie yeah. with, uh, I don't even, I honestly can't even think of them because there were so many, but just like, I don't even. Yeah. Like, like in the beginning. <laughs> I feel like I'm th- there's in like... a spotlight right now because I said that, hey, this is a thing. I know all these things. Let me lay them all out for you. Uh, but in the beginning, 
he uh little ted goes into his father's dentist's office yes. which was another thing i thought was handled well like his father w- clearly passed away some time ago uh but him and his mother like talking about it i don't know and i don't know just all that family relationship stuff is pretty like obvious but done well but anyway he he goes into the office with his father who was a dentist at the beginning of the movie and his father says uh his patient asks is this gonna hurt and he says well uh more than a tickle but way less than paying your taxes and then at the end of the movie cuba gooding jr says that to his uh like patient and when in the beginning of the movie young him uh mouths like, along to it mouths along with it now the two like punk rock dudes yeah. are his assistant and totally. they mouth along to it yeah uh then in the very end of the movie we get cisco doing a neck crack yeah uh <laughs> yep. like i i wrote down my last thing i think i wrote down was this is a movie about passing traditions kids and dogs fuck this rocked because <laughs> yeah. like yeah. there's so much of like you know what is passed down through blood and what is just passed through being family or tradition or just like the town ways you know what i mean there's so much of that that i was like wow honestly this is surprisingly rich with uh like tradition and like uh genetics and shit i don't even know how to like and i like like how it was handled because some of it was like I knew I was adopted uh, because, I mean, I love blue cheese and they both hate blue cheese. And I was like, okay. That's Uh, funny. That's funny. But also, like, when his dad, when Thunder Jack, like, got a huge shipment of blue cheese and he was like, huh? I was like, oh, that's kind of (laughs) cool. But also, like, he didn't just magically become a fantastic dog sledder. Like, that wasn't an inherit inherent thing he had to learn how to do that and still isn't like a master dog sledder at the end of the movie he just was able to save his father you know that's one of the best things about this movie which is still writing wise is the end of this movie yep this isn't a movie where everyone wins in the end this is a movie where everyone comes together in the end right yes fucking love that yeah his mom comes to meet barb and then we get a nice like little epilogue Where he realizes, like, I still want to, like, do the thing that my dad taught me Mm -hmm. because he's the man who raised me, even if he's not the man who conceived me. Mm -hmm. But this is where my family is and, like, where my roots are. Like, obviously, I went back to Miami and I needed the AC on. Like, fuck that. I've an appreciation for it. But I can't just, like, let my business go and I love my family, so I'll pass that Miami version of the business to my cousin, my family, or brother, we don't know. Yeah. Which is, honestly, the more I talk about it, the more I like that. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not his brother. It's not his cousin. It's not his, maybe it is and we just missed it. Yeah. But from the point of view that I'm having, it's family. And that's just cool. Yeah. You know? Totally. Especially because he's adopted. So it's even right, more of yeah. a strong, like, it's family, right. you know? Oh, yeah, I love that. Okay, and then the biting of the dog's ear and, like, how that comes back in the end. Right, and, like, yes, another callback the, thing. The whole fact that he's a dentist is actually important to the plot because he needs to pull right. Demon's tooth yeah, in order for them to get out. that's why Demon has been, like, such a jerk lately. Although I do love that he kind of has always had an attitude and like different people who interact with the dog throughout the movie say, ah, oh, there he is, demon. there's Demon. 
but he's been especially like cranky recently, which makes sense. And also chewy, you know, like he bites Jesus. onto his yep. his coat and like his butt and stuff. And he just needed a tooth pulled, uh, which actually I saw as I was looking. The trivia for this movie is mostly about the 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 dogs like stunts and like how they did that, which is cool, but it's like all that. But there was one little piece <laughs> of trivia that was just like, um, you, the demon's tooth is foreshadowed when he goes through his stuff and squeezes out a toothpaste bottle and then licks up the toothpaste, which I did not connect in that way at all, but that's kind of funny. That is really funny because I'm like, yeah, sure, that's a foreshadow. But at the same <laughs> yeah. time, I'm like, okay, that's okay. kind of genius. They did kind of put that in there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I liked that moment especially because it felt almost like a reference to Cujo too. Because when he looks up, his mouth is all foamy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but I feel like the the direction of this movie, to sort of finish up on that, I think in the script there's so much heart and there's so much goofy and there's so much like action adventure like it really is a perfect adventure comedy family movie and he plays that tonal balance really well actually there are certain levels of stakes but you know everything's gonna be okay there's relationships that feel important and really funny goofs the movie talks the movie basically open the the plot of the movie, the thing that lights the match, mm-hmm. is someone dies. Right. And it's not fucking, like, a depressing-ass movie from the beginning. Yeah. It's it's one of those rare pieces of art that starts with, like, someone died and we're going to celebrate the fact that how they're, we're going to celebrate how they lived. Right. And then the entire movie is basically a celebration of that person's life mm-hmm. without you even realizing it. Right. Like, it's just a... I don't know. That's beautiful. Like, yeah. so rarely is death talked about in children's media. Yeah. And this movie has a bar of people taking a shot to someone's death. Yeah. In a kid's movie. Right. And it feels like, as an adult, when I'm watching that, I felt like I needed to take a shot. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Like, you know what I honor. mean? Like, yeah, totally. And the way Barb talks about his mother, Lucy, and just, like, how wonderful of a person she was and... And also the way they talk, uh, uh, that that Thunder Jack talks at the end when in the cave when they're finally coming back together is like giving him the full story of his, you know, birth and everything. And how much they like cared about each other and like really loved each other but knew it wouldn't work. And that like they were not prepared or in, in a situation to take care of a child but they wanted to bring this person into the world. I mean... You could probably go into, like, the lack of acknowledging how much bad the, uh, you know, orphanage uh, situation can bring. Yeah, the system. Thank you. Uh, But I love that, like, he found a family who loves him and he was able to grow up successful. And the parents. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Like, I feel like it's it's well done. It's a shitty system, but there are kids in it that have moved. There are very few movies to watch that make them go, yeah, like, you have blood and you have family you've chosen. And both are just as important. Like, I don't know. It's rare that. And kids movies, at least, that we can talk about that stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, And then, as you were saying, like, with balance, 
that is all being balanced with, say, the opening scene after young young Cuba, the opening scene of him yeah. as an adult <laughs> driving around Miami, so over the top and hammy and awesome, and just him being like seeing himself on a bus and being and like, I'm on a bus, it. and then driving Sitting down and, at a restaurant and just like huge cheesy smile at the waiter at the waiter just being like hey like i don't know yes absolutely like it all just feels so just i don't even know like a toothpaste commercial which is exactly what it needs to feel like (laughs) because totally i don't know and it and it's it's balanced well like none of the shit feels uh not to reference it again but (laughs) like osmosis where We go from like, wow, this is pretty good to, okay, right. let's get through this part. <laughs> it never has any of that. Yep. It just consistently, I don't know, when it ended, I was like, wait, it's over? Yeah. You know, it was quick. And I think I think a lot of that tonal balance, you can actually attribute a lot to the cast of this movie. So I think we should Absolutely. move on to talking about some of the actors. I mean, let's start with C- Cuba Gooding Jr. I mean... He's Is this his best role of all time? It is might this be. His... <laughs> I don't know. Just like because he's able to pull off that like the ending of the scene in the bar uh, after the will distribution stuff. Like he takes the shot with everyone else and the like subtle look on his face of like, you know, not knowing this person, but seeing how much people cared about her and like appreciating mm-hmm. that is conveyed so well with no words but also he can fly off a cliff and land on a ledge and go, Dude. I'm alive. And I'm like, ha, yeah, you know? In that kind of comedy with the, I'm alive, I'm right. alive. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. Just, it's not really a thing anymore. Yeah. Like you don't see that as much because it, I feel like filmmakers are afraid to do it. And yeah, it it's feels not, a lot hokier in today's. I think like it has media. a lot to do with acting because. Yeah. Most people could not like imagine Chris Evans doing that, or not Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, yeah, a comedic actor. Right. I like him, I think he's great. There would just be something like, okay, he's like too much of like hunk, right? Like, I don't know, like, there's something about his style of humor that just maybe wouldn't be able to pull off that just hammy over the top, yep, you know, something like. That like Tobey Maguire would do in a Spider-Man movie, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. Well, I was and Cuba Gooding Jr. just fucking nails that, he you really know, does. with the slapsticky which, vibes. Which is interesting because he he had had a good amount under his belt, but by, by this point, like he he was in uh uh Pearl Harbor, the movie Pearl Harbor, um, and Men of Honor, and like a bunch of. Kind of distinguished things. He was in Jerry Maguire, which I suppose is slightly lighter, but uh, he had done a lot of bit roles. But he was really successful at this point. Um, the last thing, the last credit before Snow Dogs that he was in is Zoolander as himself, <laughs> which is just oh fun. my god, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about this uh, the other day because I don't know how much I can talk about this or or should or whatever, but. My dad's been sort of working on something that we were recording, and it's uh, a, a sort of narrative comedy thing, like what he used to do. My dad owned a comedy murder mystery dinner theater, but um, so he gave us the note that's like, "I love everything that you're doing. Like, go further with it. Even like this is 
heightened it's not realism you know like we are playing and i was just thinking about how like yeah in comedy especially in like a family movie for this like i don't know maybe some of people's criticism was they can see cuba gooding jr being like well i'm in a kid's movie so i'm gonna talk a little bit more excited than i usually would but i feel like it fits in the world that they made you know it was something I noticed in the first five minutes of the movie and appreciated. Yeah. I wrote It was one of the first things I wrote down. The acting across the board matches the script. Silly, over-the-top kids movie. Everyone seems to get that. Yeah. It was one of the first things I wrote down. Like, even his mom, it felt like a mom in a kids movie. It didn't feel like a, whoa, we're slowing down now. Who, by the way, let's, let's move on to her. Nichelle yes. Nichols. That's Uhura from the original Star Trek series. Oh my god. Yeah, man. I don't know my actors and actresses well enough, so whenever those, like, that's a classic, like, you yep. know, like, uh, Thunderjack is another one. James He's Coburn. like a classic actor, and I'm just not well enough versed in my film history, well, you know? here's the thing about James Coburn. Uh, w- I mean, we can talk about Nichelle Nichols again in just a second, but um, I was looking at because I was like, I know that voice. Like, I've seen him yes. in a bunch of stuff, I'm sure. But I looked, and he's an extremely successful actor, and I'm just realizing that he is an extremely successful actor in a way that is before my time, you know? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm... like his picture on IMDb is like a black and white photo from like the 40s or something. But do you know where you know his voice from? I don't. This is this. I'm finding more and more of these and I find it so interesting that there's like actors whose voice I'm like, oh, that's like that person's a big deal. And then I look into them like this guy and I haven't seen almost anything he's in, but I have seen Monsters, Inc., and he plays oh. Waternoose, the the villain of Monsters Inc. Wow. Yeah. The, right? the crab guy. Yep. Yep. Whoa. That's it. That's where I recognize his voice for sure. Yep. That's it. Um, but I feel like I've seen his face before too. So maybe I've seen him in, in something else and just didn't see it scanning his his resume. Yeah, because there are so many. I just yeah. think that's so interesting. And I found a lot of cases of that, of actors that my parents have recommended or that I see in something and I'm like, oh, I know that person's a big deal. But then I just see that they did a voice in a thing or like were just in a movie I was interested in as a kid, you know? I just find that really fascinating. Sometimes little things really stick out though for a long time. Yep. There's also uh another voice that I'm like, oh I know I mean Brian Dole Murray, the the guy, yeah, we gotta talks like this. Like uh <laughs> not exactly, but I was looking at his resume. He's the Flying Dutchman from SpongeBob SquarePants and has done a bunch of other voices on uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Haven't seen anything else he's done. Yeah, but that's enough, you know? Yeah. Well, I have seen Caddyshack. I have seen Wayne's World. I'm looking at his resume right now. So, but I think those are like more bit roles that I wouldn't have been like, that's what I remember him from. But he sticks out in my head for that reason. Um, And for me, M. Emmett Walsh. Oh, yeah. He's just a face. The you guy with I mean? the eye patch. Yeah. When you see his face, yep. he doesn't even need to talk. Yep. You're just like, oh, that guy. Oh, you know? that guy. And I like that character, too. He's like this tiny town. I am. I forget everything he says he is, but he's like, I'm the treasurer and the like mayor and the guy who runs the plane to the town. Like, Yeah, the, the triple uh, threat. <laughs> yeah. So 
there's a lot of charm to those people that are just sort of background characters. M. Emmett Walsh, Brian Dole Murray, uh, Graham Greene, and uh, uh, all those people in the background. But uh, I feel like the flavor really comes from James Coburn. Like he really, he really sells. Oh yeah, he really sells his role in this. Um, but it also, again, fits like it feels like it fits in a kid's like adventure. I wouldn't movie. be afraid of this guy as a kid. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the line that you can cross really easily playing oh yeah. You know, the role that makes everyone quiet, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. It was funny. It was yeah. charming. Yep. I don't know. I, I I just really liked his performance in this. I, I found it very earnest, even the scenes that he was like how much are, how much for the dogs? Like I'll give you two hundred bucks. Okay, I'll give you three hundred. He's like, I'm trying to talk yeah. to you. You're my dad. 400? I don't know. <laughs> they cracked um, me up. Yeah. I thought that stuff was really well done. And then to get back to Nichelle Nichols, uh, his mother, ah, I like, she didn't tell him that he was adopted ever. And this is like a grown ass man. But the way she talks to Barb at the end and just saying, yeah. like, I know I should have. Like, I see that now, but I don't know. I just, I. I, I want to be here for him. She flies all the way out to Alaska and he didn't know. And the know. way uh, Barb's like, come on, let's go inside. And she's like, nope, I'm not going to leave. I'll him. wait. I'm waiting. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and that's one thing this movie did uh, really well is by the end, you're not like now he's met his true parents. Right. You know what I mean? That was yeah. something I was a little worried about because like that's a dated approach to the whole like this story you know is like oh i found my mom or whatever but this is like he appreciates everything that his mom did and still calls her mom you know yep and can be like wow this is a beautiful person who i never got to know and like reach out and touch that picture and feel things right but he doesn't have like that uh you're my dad? Oh, my God. Right. Moment. It's more of just like they finally connect and it's beautiful. Yeah. But you get also get the feeling that he misses his dad from when he was a kid. Yes, you know? absolutely. And I love that, you know, like I was saying, I like the way the uh, the whole, uh, uh, Thunder Jack's whole speech at the end about the whole adoption process uh, goes and how they knew they just weren't prepared to like by the end of the movie it still feels that way you're like yeah this guy would not have been a good dad you know like this would not have been and that doesn't mean he can't now connect with ted and like you know have some sort of relationship but it's how do you feel about the old end of the comedy movie everyone's looking at each other because now we're matching everyone up because that's what the movie needs to do between his mom yeah. and Thunder Jack. Um I mean my my gut I was a little disappointed. My gut reaction is like, I mean, come on, do you have to have like the dogs get together too? And like I like that better. I like that like, better. That's like a like, kids movie thing. Yeah. But I feel like approaching like this perfectly beautiful uh this beautifully handled topic of like he's got a dad here who didn't you know who chose to like live his own life but is now choosing to like let you know let him know about this side of him and like yeah fuck it his mom loves him too like that's his dad (laughs) i don't know like there was just a slight like yeah like i'm just imagining his like his dentist dad being in heaven just being like what the fuck 
I don't think <laughs> I don't think this solves that really completely for me, but the way I write it away in my mind, uh, having gone through and like studied Shakespeare and stuff, the way that shake that like in those days you defined a comedy or a tragedy was does everyone die at the end or does literally every character get married at That's the end? That's right. I forgot about so that. We like, learned that shit in like English class. Yeah. But like a comedy, everyone gets married and a tragedy, everyone fucking dies. So <laughs> yeah. So it's I, almost I was Shakespearean. Sort of just, yeah. Whenever that I was sort of just like, it? it's a classic comedy. They're wrapping up the happy ending. Totally. By just That's honestly yeah. what made me okay with it. To, you know. Yeah. But I had to point it out. Oh yeah. No, I'm I'm glad we're talking I, and about honestly, it because it was kind of meh. Yeah. The the fact that Nana and uh, Demon didn't have a chance together because they were always separated and oh, then cuba yeah, gives her a okay. chance to be the lead dog and, and then it they worked Demon well go, oh shit yeah, she's right. a badass lead dog it, like you know yeah and kind of nice even when they like are on their way back from ted saving thunderjack and they almost fall off the cliff well they do like fall off the cliff fall on Dude, but the dog i stay was and they legitimately like i know everyone's gonna live through this i know it's all gonna be fine but holy fuck, those dogs. <laughs> yeah. Someone help those dogs. Like, I, yeah, man. I'm so scared. But I think, yeah, that that is also like maybe some more, you know, headcanon context, like justification for why Demon is able to like pull them up because Demon and Nana pull them up. They're the head dogs that like. And I'm just them. realizing, doesn't uh, Thunder Jack say, this is my last run? I think it might be yours too, huh, boy? Yep. And he's talking to Demon. Yep. So it's almost like this. We have like the head cannon of oh, Demon's older, so Nana's probably older too. Yeah. And this is probably an old team. That's you know they're done racing. Yeah. So these puppies are the next generation of dog sled team. Yep. You know, yeah, like that's similar cool. to how. This movie is all about that. Like, the fact that it ends with Barb being pregnant, I think, is very important. You know, it's showing us that traditions are being passed. And, like, and then the fact, I know that Thunder Jack cracking his neck shows us that Cuba Gooding Jr. is definitely related to him. (laughs) Yeah. But I love that that then became a thing that meant, all right, let's get this show on the road. Right. Because then the dog did it. Yeah. And then... Cisco did it in the end. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, I don't know how Cisco did. I, you know, he had to because he's like probably been watching Cuba work for years and years right, and years. Yeah, and he's like, I've now adopted the the, the boss's tick <laughs> of cracking my neck. You know. Yeah, right. That or he's his brother, and they're both adopted. And there's another and movie both- coming. <laughs> five now, dog five. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> 30 rock reference um i thought cisco was really good as rupert in this movie i thought he played a really good just like charming but like i'm gonna try and pull some shit like friend slash like helper you know like dude at at the beginning when he first decides to go to alaska and rupert buys like just a ton of shit for him that was so funny it was was funny that was you going to Alaska and being like, Dustin, can you pick me up a couple things? That's yep. what that would have been like. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I thought I thought he really landed. And then uh, the, the only other actor that we haven't yet talked about is uh, Barb, Joanna Bacalso. And I thought she was just extremely charming in this movie. I thought her, like, sort of 
falling for Cuba Gooding Jr. felt organic and made sense it to me. It felt natural. It didn't feel like, oh, like this is the, the hot main character, so I have to like him. No, yeah. She fell for him because he worked hard and like tried to learn and like and she was struck cared by him about shit immediately, not because oh my god, he's he's beautiful. She was struck. Her first line when he walks in is, he looks just like her. Like, he reminds her of this person that she knew and loved and then watched him grow as a person and, like, have determination. And they bond. And I like the scene where they're like, she comes to have a picnic with him just because he doesn't know anybody in town. And he, like, kind of turns her away. And she's like, oh, this fucking guy just doesn't understand. And then he fucks up and she helps show him how to dog sled. They build the relationship. And then they go to the spot that they were going to have a picnic at. And, you know, they tell each other about each other and just, like, talk. And then almost kiss, but then it's interrupted. And then it's not like, okay, we're going to kiss now. They just, like hug each other and sit by a fire like they eventually they do kiss i think before he flies back to miami but it just feels so she kisses him and she kisses him too yeah yeah and she's honestly a great character because when we are introduced to her it's not here's the badass chick bartender right it's just here's the bartender. She but is then, though. She kicks a few kicks scenes that dude later. Out. We see her kicking that dude out yeah. and being like, "Get out of here!" And we're like, "Oh, she's also a badass." Right. It's not like yes, you know what I mean. Yes. It's it's good, good writing. She was just a character like, before she was like a a, a trope. trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her acting is so good with the like you were mentioning her being like. Let's go on a picnic and him being like, no, and her being like, you're fucking up, dude. I'm I'm a good looking. Yeah. I'm the only person your age. And yep. like, come on. The only person you would even talk to. Yeah. And I just snowmobiled seven miles with a picnic <laughs> right. basket. Come you know, on, like, dude. I'm dog sledding. I loved that. I yeah. drove all the way out here, you dick. God damn it. I also love how they, even though we were mentioning uh one term that was that has aged maybe inappropriately, yeah. but the fact that they decided to educate at least a little bit about dog sledding with like yeah mush. Oh no, that's only in the movies. Right, you say hike. Right, and you want to turn left, you say this. When you want to huh. turn right, you say this. Yeah, and I have a pretty strong feeling that all that shit was real I because think so too. Yeah, why would you say? No, only in the movies do they do that. This is the real way, and then it be wrong in yeah. a movie. Right, that would just be too one step too far you yeah know? i mean they do have stuff in here that's like that's not how it goes like the lake being having like an yeah or like a border ice. collie being the lead of right a siberian husky dog sled yeah team. as much as i love 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 the message of like anyone can do anything right yeah a, a border collie can't be the lead <laughs> of a, do- a dog sled team i'm yeah. sorry Maybe yeah. I'm wrong though. Watch like this be the episode of ours that blows up and just gets shit on for that <laughs> thing. Bad every comment is just like, dude, border collies are actually border collies can do way whatever they more... want, man. Yeah, they're way better than yeah. <laughs> uh, hashtag colliegate. Well, let's talk in. Let, let's talk about the dogs just a little bit more because and, and get into the production and everything uh, to sort of wrap this up. The dogs. 
the stunts and the the ways that they're filmed it's so successful i feel like it's really well done like it doesn't feel like it's constantly cutting all over the place but i do see them cutting so that the dogs aren't actually on a cliffside almost being you know like yeah but it off, really but it feels like, like i was saying i was fucking scared yeah. you know and you can tell someone I is think... like pulling on their harnesses but it yep. again there were moments that made me go uh is that okay like even just to film but they were just like pulling the dogs back you know like the the only i think there was only one stunt in the whole movie that i was genuinely like pouring the water that's probably not cool. pouring yeah. the water on the poodle pouring the water on that poodle yep. i was not okay with that yep i hope it was in a constant stream and yeah. they lured the poodle under it and it likes that and then they cut <laughs> it to look yeah. like and I know that the whimper was a oh, added. dubbed yeah. whimper. Yeah. It but still, still made me go, uh. It made me go, uh. And yeah. I don't like that. But for someone who knows nothing about dog training and how to make a dog do a thing for a movie, yep. this did kind of feel like a movie that cared. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I like uh, Homeward Bound a lot. And they yeah. cared when they made that movie. Oh, yeah. I love reading about... Uh, how like oh they wanted to do this but it wouldn't be safe so they did this instead and it ended up being one of the best parts in the whole movie right it's just like little things like that i care about or like the bear in this movie too yeah let's count the bear as a dog because <laughs> there was at least one moment where a human and a bear were running on the same oh yeah absolutely shot. yeah holy shit that was a big ass bear too it was it was a like a, a brown bear a fucking grizzly bear i think I did write down this person's name, so I do, do just want to shout them out. I don't even know if they're really working much anymore, but Stacy Basil was the lead uh, sort of animal handler uh, on this on this production. And the other movies she's credited for, the big ones that I noted, uh, both of the Doctor Doolittle movies with Eddie Murphy, which have tons of animals, dude, and that might be a new lens movie. Inspector Gadget. Which we talked about no. on this podcast, so we, we have an episode on that. I, I hope oh, that's cool. if you haven't checked it out, you should go listen. I will say we we have sort of a brand of uh, trying to bring as much enthusiasm as possible to these episodes, and that movie was really bad. So if you want to hear <laughs> us like talk about a bad movie, um, go check out our change of pace. Inspec- Inspector Gadget uh, episode. But but yeah, the, the dog stunts are all just super good and all of the to get into visual effects a little bit all of the cgi to like make the dogs wink or like smile a little bit wider or like eyebrows raise or something it all looked like they actually were winking or smiling i mean yeah that's not how it would look but it did look real do you know what i mean by that yeah and other than that the visual effects were mostly just like there was one shot where it was pretty clear they shot you know someone's dog sledding and then uh, uh, superimposed it on like a cliffscape. Yep. Uh, but other than that, it, it I was think just there was sort also, of the dogs there was and like one shot where a zoom kind of like on Cuba's face. I don't. I can't remember it off the top of my head now what it was hmm. starting from. But all I could think was like, oh, this is probably uh, an effect. But then it zoomed in on his face, and I was like, wait. Yeah. So was. Did they use a stunt double and then 
use CGI to put his face on that double? Because if they did, that looks really good. And I either that or Cuba did some stunts. One yeah. or the other. I know because I read there, there were, were some, some shots that were like, whoa. Yeah. So then if that's the case, just great effects, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 2002? What else to talk about? 2002, you know? Like, pretty good for 2002. Look. It wasn't like the dogs winking did not look like, oh, there's CGI. You know yeah, it's like, CGI because they're winking. Everybody like, that's ever sat with a dog in a room for more than 10 seconds in silence has seen a dog wink. Yeah. All dogs yeah. do it. They all just right. like wink and you're like, did you just wink at me? Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me that you can understand that everybody's yeah. been through that and it doesn't look like that? But I'm glad that they did it the way they did it because it was like wink you know what i mean like an exaggerated like i am winking or like the eyebrows raising you know like Like, i've seen my dog make an excited expression yeah but that was hey what's going on over here which a dog could never do i loved that i bet that stuff personally i i liked i bet that stuff was added in uh in post like oh yeah they made the movie screened it and then we're like let's add a couple more laughs like i think you're probably right yeah uh, other than that, it's mostly just like the music and cinematography, both of which I feel like are pretty just like cookie cutter standard. Yeah, just like it well, works. If There's you nothing give special kids going on here. too much, right? They're not going to be able to enjoy the film. Like uh, I think, like we've talked about Harry Potter three, which we'll talk about the Harry Potter movies next time, guys. Some Chill point. out. Yep, next time. We'll, but uh, we'll break it down a bit more. We'll bring it up. But Harry Potter three is often like applauded for having just brilliant cinematography for a kids movie. Yeah. But even that, like, it's mostly the choices of like long shots and like sure. uh, going in and out of windows and mirrors and those tricks, like oh cinematography God. tricks. But oh there isn't God. like a lot of like artistic wide like just slow burn like oh this is so beautiful right in yes. kids movies because a kid would be like i'm bored you yeah know? exactly so yeah. this movie but there are sweeping shots does. of mountains yeah. but it's not like long and, sweeping shots Ooh, i'm glad i'm remembering this huh. they had a great great two people kissing camera going around them in a fucking yeah. 360 yeah you need that yep. i that's one of my favorite things in a movie is when two people kiss and the camera just spins around them. Yeah. I don't care if it's done a thousand million <laughs> more times. I'm doing that in a movie one day. Yeah. I love oh, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd say, yeah, all in all, this movie, the pre-production is not terribly uh, interesting from what I was able to uh, find in researching. It's just sort of just a Disney movie that was written commissioned they shot it on site in canada and it turned out really good and i really don't understand why people hate it so much with the expectations of a movie and you'll be so fucking pleasantly surprised because i went into it with the expectations of not a good movie right and i was blown away yeah like i went into it thinking all right this is gonna suck to watch and I forgot yeah. to take notes for the middle, like, 45 right. minutes because I was so in- engaged and enjoying yeah. it. And uh, Yeah, I think this podcast has really, really helped me specifically. I'm sure you as well, and I oh, hope for yeah. some of our listeners, appreciate the things about kids and family media that yeah. make them special. And right. this movie 
fuck, man, I'm so sad that it has the reception it does. Yeah. Because it does all the things that we talk about Avatar doing well, also well. Like, right. it handles deep topics without making a little kid scream bloody murder. <laughs> it handles humor without making an adult be like, this is fucking cringe. Yeah. It handles fucking... It casts diversely without right. it being like, hey, yeah. we have an all-black cast. It's right. just like, it just is like a diverse cast. Yeah. And that's not part of the marketing or the plot or like, right. yeah. I don't know. Not to say like, I realized that probably sounded kind of like ignorant of me to be like, hey, we've got it. But like, you know, sometimes movies no. written and directed by all white people and then starring like an entirely black cast and being marketed as like this the next like like green book or something like you know shit like that i'm just like fuck off with that just make a movie and like (laughs) right cast who deserves to be cast you know and And clearly they did that you can have a like and this is why i don't know i feel weird like about how much we're talking about it but also like I want to bring attention to it because I think there should be intentionality around these things. Like he, it's a huge successful all black dentistry in Miami. Like all the employees are black, him and his family are black. And like, it's not commented on. It's just, that's how it is. And people go to this successful black, like you need to, we need to be incorporating people just in regular situations without, you know, nobody walks in and they're like, oh, here's my you know i'm not even gonna go there like it's just yeah it just works i know where what you're yeah yeah 100 percent. i i appreciated that so much especially going into this movie with that not being on my radar at all that's one of the coolest parts about that is like i the movie is called snow dogs the trailer makes you think dogs are gonna talk and then i was just blown away by what it actually was fucking about and i sort of not remembering anything about it or not remembering almost anything and like seeing the trailer and stuff was a little worried. It would be like a black guy dog sledding. And it's not that at all. Yeah. It's like a city slicker yeah. guy trying to figure out middle of nowhere snowy. Like it's not that at all. I, yeah. So all in all, I'd say this was a, this was a fun watch. You know, it, if you're looking for something that's going to be extremely like thought provoking, you know, whatever. If you're looking for a movie that you can just watch and have fun with anybody and you have kids maybe or even if not, like, this is a fun hour and 40 yeah, minute like, watch. There's movies like The Crudes 2 that you could go rent for 20 bucks right now or you can watch this one on HBO if you have it or I think it's on Amazon as well. Yeah. Um. It will be on Disney Plus at some point, I'm sure. I watched it through Hulu, but was that through the HBO extension? Because that's how I have Probably. So that's just like a lot of options for you. So that's a free one, you know? Go check it out. Uh, I think that's... Man, uh, I'm glad we watched it. I think that's about all uh, we've got to say on this one. This has been a Legendary 4 production. I think I'm going to start saying that so we can sort of, you know, get a little branded on the Legendary 4 operation. If you're looking for more Legendary 4 content, you can go to Legendary4.com where you can find my music 
uh, which is also on Spotify. And you can also find links to our other podcast, which is an actual play D&D shtick called Legendary Four Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. Um, yeah, all those are on legendary4.com. Comment section on all the episodes, all these episodes. You can also follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at New Lens Pod. Thank you to Sofina Sago for our podcast art. Still looking so good. I mean, it's exactly the same, but God, I just look at that that crisp. It's that aging crisp like a fine wine. Yeah. Um, and if you're able to, check out those links to how you can help out the Black Lives Matter movement in the description. Uh, and the, you know, weekly now before I let you uh, featured link. Yeah, what's up? Sorry about cutting that off. But before right. I let you finish, we got to round this podcast off with a kid moment of the week. How could I we almost forget? forgot. I was oh reading God. through my notes There's and I so read many. mine. So that's what made me remember it. Yeah. And it's based on a character we haven't even talked about. So I'm glad that I get oh, to. Oh, really? Yeah. That fucking young, like, Nordic guy who was, like, the superstar that oh. was, like, sponsored <laughs> by Powerade. Yeah. When he wins. Because yes, he wins. 100%. This guy wins. This is absolutely and then, it for me, too. Uh, he's got two guys go in the back and grab a... <laughs> One of those big a tubs of coolers. Powerade, like in yeah. a sports event, and they go to pour it out on him, and a giant <laughs> block of ice just knocks him the fuck Bonk. out. And, and then out. you even hear the guys that did it in the background say some shit like, "Oh shit, we gotta go. Let's <laughs> yeah. get a plane or something like." Like they like, they like dip. Yeah, like we just fucking. I laughed that out loud, I laughed really hard. So hard <laughs> that big that ice block just knocked him on the head. <laughs> yeah it was so good was that practical like did they actually have that poor guy just get bonked you know yeah i i don't it must not i mean like that would have killed him did you see how big that ice block was (laughs) that character alone was funny as fuck to me because he's just like yeah drink powerade you know and it's just like i don't know there's something funny about that but then his like his crew just knocking him out with a giant block of ice. Yeah, was, and yeah. I also like, we wrapped up discussion, but one last point. I like there's not really like an enemy in this movie. Like he is not like trying to hold anybody back from doing anything. He's just like kind of some weird dude who always wins Yeah, and he's races. like sponsored and the yeah. small town is like obviously like, fuck off, dude. We want to win. We want someone from our town to win. But the but heart it's not of the story like, is like family dynamics. Yeah. He never speaks to a single character from in this movie, that guy. He never what? Speaks to anyone, does oh, he? Oh, yeah. Does he say a thing to like Cuba Gooding Jr. once? Yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. Or yeah. Like I think the only thing that is... <laughs> I'm glad we're still discussing a little because the only thing that is even talked about him is someone goes, what kind of a man eats before he feeds his dogs? <laughs> right. And I just loved yeah. that line because, yeah, fuck you, man. And you he's got a, a whole sled team pulling you. Lobster. And you're just, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But that's my kid moment. Do you have anything that you think might be funnier? No, it's that. I mean, I have I wrote down a couple, but like it's a hundred percent that I can't argue. Um, and I'm gonna say, yeah. On that note, a fuck you, that guy, and congratulations, that guy. You get our kid moment of the week. <laughs> uh, so I already did all the rest of the uh, outro things. Thank you, Gary, for saving me from uh, forgetting the kid moment. It's and, ever important. Uh, we will 
we'll uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with Avatar episode nine of the season three. Hope you're looking forward to it. I know I am. I'm Calvin, and I'm ending this bit to say that I'm Gary. This has oh. been.